Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I'm so glad you're tuning in today. We're talking all about potty training, and this is a topic that is currently very near and dear to my heart as our youngest is about to turn two. And so I selfishly, I mean, not so selfishly because I am sharing this with all of you, but I did ask Allison from Potty Training Consultant to come on the podcast and answer all my questions. (laughs) So if you are preparing for it, if you are wondering if your family and your child are ready, if you're already in it, if you tried it and then kind of gave up and... Now you're trying to figure out what to do next, whatever the case might be. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. Allison and I talk about knowing whether or not your child is ready. What are those signs? What are some of the mindset shifts that we might need as parents? What's a way that we can look at potty training actually from our child's perspective? And how can that perspective actually support the potty training process for us? She offers some tips and tricks for those first few days and for the process itself. You're going to learn so much. You're going to love her. You're busy. I'm busy. So let's just, let's just dive in. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a mom to three and licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm really glad that you took the time to hold space for you by tuning in to today's episode. My hope with this podcast is to share conversations with experts from around the world and parents who've been through it so that maybe you feel a little less alone in your experiences and the messy side of being a parent and being a human and so that you can walk away with supportive steps for what to do next. Listening to this episode is not a substitute for seeking support from a professional in your area. I believe that holding space and offering presence to both ourselves and others is truly one of the most meaningful ways that we can express care. And you are so deserving of that care. All right, are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, Allison. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I am selfishly super stoked to be talking with you today about potty training and having you all to myself, although I will be sharing this with others so we can spread the love um, to talk about potty training because my youngest, we're like starting to think about these things. It's my third rodeo of potty training, but it just, it's, it stresses me out. It, it does. And I'm just so excited to chat more about this with you. Thank you for coming on. Before we dive in, I'd love for you to share a little bit about yourself with our listeners so they can get a chance to get to know you. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me on. I know it's um, like a pressing topic for a lot of parents, so very happy as always to share all the potty info. Um, My name is Allison Jandu, and I'm the owner and founder of Potty Training Consultant, and we have very proudly almost worked with about 5,000 families now to help them meet their potty training goals. Um, Started the company about four and a half years ago after potty training my own two kids. I'm a mom of two myself, so I've got um, my daughter Layla is six, and my son Evan is now eight, Um, and just 
my daughter, she had her own kind of struggles with constipation and, and which led to problems with potty training. And I just really realized how little information, how little reliable information Mm. there was available on the potty training in the potty training realm. And there's, I feel like there were, there was help for so many other parenting topics and I was just missing that support and that like evidence-based information about potty training that I was really looking for when I was, when I was struggling. So I decided from that point that I was going to pour all of my spare time, like what little there was into learning as much as I possibly could about potty training and early childhood development and human behavior and psychology and like all the factors that go into kind of shaping the ideal potty training experience. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to create a community where parents could come together, you know, ask the hard questions and, and get that evidence-based information for, you know, for their family when they're struggling, because we should all be in this together, you know, there should be help for, for everything, I think. So that's a little bit about me. <laughs> oh my gosh. The the support is so, so needed around this because it's, it's such a huge thing, um, but it, I don't know. I think that with my first, so I have three, almost 11, almost eight, and almost two. And with my oldest, I didn't like read any books. I didn't like, there weren't really like podcasts or courses at the time. And we just talked to our pediatrician and he just basically was like, she's ready. And like, here's just a couple of tips. And then like, you're on your way. And then once we got into like the trenches with it, I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) is there something wrong with me, right? That this feels so hard. And there were different ways in which the, the like different aspects of it were triggering for me. And for sure that ended up being connected to like old stuff for me because that tends to be what triggers are, right? It's just like a signal that there's some, some story, some experience that your brain has like, you know, stored in a way that kind of keeps it on alert. And it would get triggered in these situations. So having like evidence-based, like supportive ways to help our kids learn learn how to use the potty and to help us maintain a connected relationship with them like through the process is 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 so needed. So I'm so glad that you are here and that we're having this conversation. Okay. Let's let's dive in. I'd love to kind of first start us off by asking you like from a child's perspective. Like give us like the kids perspective of potty training cuz I one of my like earliest memories actually is I was being potty trained and I finally pooped in the toilet and my dad so thrilled, so excited. And this is just totally his style too. Like he still is like this as a grandparent. Like, whoa, you did it. Like whoop, whoop, whoop. Like lots of whoops. He was dancing. He was stomping. And me, (laughs) I was a very kind of like um, more like anxious, like slow to warm up, like um, easily overstimulated child. (laughs) And so my dad and I had to figure that out through our through our relationship together because in some, in some ways that was um, a difficult match. But he's big and loud and he was so excited. And he – like the story is in my memory was like actually being scared, like being yeah. scared by how intense that was because I was like, 
that was like kind of overwhelming for me to do. And now like I feel like I need to perform or like do this again. And like this just feels like too much. So I'm literally just going to like shut it down. <laughs> like that's not going to happen for a while. Um, and I don't know. That's like one of my early, early childhood memories yeah. actually. So I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on like getting into the kid's brain through the kid's eyes. Like what – what is their perspective of potty training? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's really hard sometimes as adults to step back and see things from our kids' point of view, especially when there's like such an age gap there, right? Like, I think you're probably pretty unique in having that young of a memory, but I don't like I don't have any memories beyond like five, I don't think. So like And that's that's really common. Like most people yeah. don't have like um memories from until like five. And I think part of me from that memory for me is the stories that were told and, and like, I can picture the bathroom, you know? So it's like, it's interesting how memories work, but um, yeah, typically our memories start around like five or six. (laughs) Yes. But I mean, that's a perfect example though, right? Of like, you do have that memory. So it can be like quite a major event for little kids. If you Mm -hmm. can remember that one moment in time about using the potty when you were that young, you know, that long ago, like that really speaks volumes. So um, seeing things from our kids' point of view, as with any kind of new transition that kids are going through at that very young age, it can be overwhelming. It can be scary. It can bring up a lot of emotions and uh, maybe behavioral things that you've never experienced with your child before because potty training is kind of a funny thing in that it's happening at a time in your child's life where they've got a lot of other developmental stuff going on too. And um, so they're learning how to cope with all these feelings while at the same time, figuring out that they're separate little people from you now and that they have their own emotions and uh, they can express those emotions in different ways, which can lead to power struggles. It can lead to anxiety. It can lead to a lot of these things um, that give parents difficulty around potty training. So I think realizing that you know, from our, from our kids' perspective, they've only known diapers their whole lives up until this moment when you decide that you're going to introduce this new white contraption that's a little bit odd and it's a big hole and there's water inside and it makes a really loud noise when you're done using it. Um, and it can be really overwhelming for a lot of little kids, um, especially who haven't quite figured out Uh, or maybe that have, you know, certain sensory sensitivities or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just like they're not quite able to process everything that's happening if you're springing it on them too quickly. Um, And likewise, to get into a bit more kind of graphic detail, (laughs) they're only used to um, they're only used to peeing and pooping into a diaper, which is something that Uh, is contained right up against their body. Um, And if you think about it, it's a very different sensation than peeing or pooping into a potty or into a toilet where um, the pee and poop is coming out and away from your body. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, kids don't know how, like they don't understand necessarily what's going on. It's even been described as like them feeling as though part of their body is falling out, like when they poop into the potty for the first time. 
And that can be really scary, not to mention, you know, like you were saying, like all the reactions and outside, um, you know, stimulations and all of those kinds of things that are happening all at the same time. So it can be definitely a very um, new and like kind of scary experience for little kids at first. So I think if we, you know, if we take that into consideration before just expecting them to know what to do, because it's something that everybody does eventually, um, can probably help your process be a little bit more smooth. (laughs) Oh, I think that's so, so important and helpful to kind of look at it from this perspective, because I think that it, it can bring in some like understanding and compassion. And because I think that these, 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 this situation with our child, like supporting them in potty training can be really triggering. There can be a lot of power struggles. I think that as much like compassion and understanding and sort of slowing down that we can inject into that, like it's, it's going to support that, that process, I imagine. Um, and, and the, and the connection, the relationship, right? Like we want to get on the other side of potty training and still feel (laughs) connected to our kid. And like, there's trust there and all, all that good stuff. So, yes. Okay. So I want to, I want to get, I'd love to kind of explore like ways that we can sort of support what might be an overwhelming and scary experience for our kid. Um, maybe first though, what are some of the early signs that your kid is maybe ready for potty training? Like, is there an age range? Are there certain signals that you'll notice that you can observe in your child? Like, how do you, how do we know when to start? Yeah, that's so important to recognize. Um, so there's been not a lot, but some research done on when the best, the best age is to start potty training. Um, and it's, it's all kind of been boiled down to be somewhere in the 18 to 30 month range. Uh, American Academy of Pediatrics re- recommends, you know, right around the two year birthday kind of being um, a really ideal time to start at least introducing the concept of potty training mm-hmm. to your child. Um, so from an age perspective, generally speaking, um, you know, in that two year range is, is pretty pretty close to being an ideal time frame. Of course, there are other factors that come into play. Um, you know, if your child has any kind of developmental delays or, um, you know, anything like that, if they're delayed in any of their other milestones, chances are that the potty training is probably going to be delayed as well. And that's all totally normal. Uh, I like for parents to, instead of thinking about trying to you know, comply to this ideal age window to, to think about the timing, like, is the timing right for your family in Mm -hmm. general? Like, do you, do you have a whole lot of other stuff going on right around the time that they're turning to? Are you having a new baby? Are you moving to a new house? Are they starting daycare for the first time? Um, You know, you want to avoid starting a major transition like potty training around the time that other major transitions are taking place because it can just be too much for your child to take on. Um, So I usually say to try to nail that timing down and and do it too in a time where where you feel ready and you feel confident um, and are able to commit to the process so that you're not, you know, trying here and trying there and just like causing confusion for your child because that consistency is really important. 
Um, So all of those factors are kind of more important from my perspective in deciding when you're going to start the process. Um, That said, there are also some signs of readiness that you can be on the lookout for when it comes to, um, you know, your child being, you know, starting to become capable of learning this new skill. So um, the first couple of things are kind of purely developmental. Like we want, uh, if and when possible, them to have a good grasp on like their gross motor skills before they start. So things like sitting, standing, walking. Uh, I like those things to be well established just for from a safety standpoint, because we mm-hmm. want them to be safe and stable and secure while they're on the potty. Um, we also would ideally like to see some level of communication present. So um, we want them to have a good receptive language or a good understanding of what, you know, we're telling them. And then also they don't necessarily have to be even verbal yet, but we want them to be able to express their needs to us in some way. So whether that be through words or sign language or gestures, whatever, um, that communication should be present. And, you know, it's important to have that in place before we can expect them to learn kind of this sort of complex skill. So um, if those two things are established, and then you might start to notice um, some other kind of more potty related things falling into place, like perhaps they are staying dry for longer periods throughout the day. Um, So you may notice that you're not changing diapers quite as frequently. Usually I like to say like for an hour or more, if they're able to stay dry is kind of a good like mile marker to, to shoot for. Um, sometimes they may even start to wake up dry after nap time or in the mornings. If so, that's a that's a great sign that their little bodies are becoming physiologically ready to start the process. Um, they may start to show some awareness by telling you that they've peed or pooped in their diaper or asking to have their diaper mm-hmm. changed. Um, hiding to poop is also a big one, uh, which yeah. shows that, you know, they obviously know that the poop is coming. So they recognize that feeling and they're able to yeah. take action and go hide, you know, in the corner or behind the couch or whatever. Um, so that's a huge sign of awareness, which is great because that's one of the main aspects of, of learning how to use the potty is recognizing those body signals. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if they're expressing those kinds of things, then that would be a great sign to start. Some kids just kind of have like a general interest in the bathroom. Like they may start to ask questions about it, wanting to follow you in there when you go flushing the toilet, you know, um, like just, just expressing an interest in the toilet and what's happening with that. And why are you doing that, mommy? You know, so, um, so you can totally use that to your advantage and use that curiosity to help them start learning how to use the potty. So um, there are other things, of course, too, but those are kind of the most common things that we would start to see. And, you know, some children are going to just have one of those things. Some will tick all the boxes. There's no real normal when it comes to that. But once you start picking up on those little things and your child is um, at that age where they have the good gross motor skills and the good communication skills, then you could start thinking about introducing the potty to them. Okay. This is so helpful. And because I'm like, my daughter is turning two in like a week or two weeks. Yeah. So we're like, we're right there. (laughs) We're right there. And so a couple of stuff, a couple of things as you were talking that came up for me. So one is she's showing, she's hiding when she poops, like meaning like, and what she'll do is like, if we look at her and she starts to go like this, like, no, 
no. Like she kind of waves her hands in front of us and says, no, no. Yeah. Like we, like we know, oh, she's pooping. Yeah. So what – two things come up for me there. Like is there anything that like in that moment, like language-wise, because you mentioned language being being something. And and she, she'll she say like – she'll say poo-poo for I think – and poo-poo. She says both. Um, but she won't necessarily say like that, you know, that she's gone poo-poo. She wants to like, kind of hide the fact that she's gone poop. Um, and, you know, so I think she's, she's starting to kind of get it. Is there anything in that moment if – she's kind of we know that she's going that we could be saying that could support like the language piece or 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 do we just kind of right now keep letting her like have her space (laughs) um yeah that's a great question so in the actual moment itself I would probably just let her be because she's probably you know she obviously is is wanting some privacy in that moment Um, so it's good to respect that. And if you try to teach in that moment, her defenses are probably already up Mm. anyway. So it's not going to be super well received, but, um, I would take that as a sign that, you know, she's starting to have some understanding about what's going on with her body and that there is a certain intimacy or privacy connected with pooping and using the bathroom. Um, so when you're, so two things. Um, I would take some time to start normalizing the concept of pooping with her at other times throughout the day, you know, whether it be through reading books, um, doing some role play with like one of her toys pooping Mm -hmm. on the potty um, or modeling the behavior for her, inviting her into the bathroom when you go so that she can see that pooping is nothing to be ashamed of. It's a healthy Mm -hmm. thing. It's something everybody does, you know, no need to hide, no need to be ashamed by it. Um, And, uh, and then in that same, at the same time that you start implementing those things, when you're changing her diaper after she's had a poop, Um, I would start adding some positivity. So a lot of times what parents tend to do is they'll be like, oh my, you're so stinky. Like, let's get that dirty diaper off of you. And in in total innocence though, right? Um, But kids hear that dirty, they hear stinky and it's negative. Um, So they kind of internalize that as it having been, (laughs) as it having been a bad thing. So instead, when you change your diaper, kind of, um, shift your wording to be like, oh, wow, that was a big poop. I bet your belly feels so much better now. Um, You know, so you're not saying good job pooping in your diaper, but you're saying it's good to have pooped or it's good to have listened to your body when you needed to go um, and start creating positivity around it. And that can really make the potty training process go much easier once you actually do start because then she won't have as much hesitation about putting her poop into the potty or pooping um, you know, when you guys are around. I mean, this just makes logically, this just makes so much sense. And, and like, so, well, she, she's, I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to the bathroom, she's in there with me, like, yep. <laughs> probably <laughs> well, let's be honest, like the doors are never closed. Nope. Um, but, but it's so funny because, um, she, you know, didn't like getting her diaper change or, you know, slash it was like changing the diaper of a monkey or a little flopping fish. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one of the strategies that ended up really helping us was there's a song that we that we would sing that she would make her giggle and laugh and it would like just capture her attention enough mm-hmm. that like we that it would yeah that it, she would like be still it just would make it an easier process and would keep us kind of connected 
and it was kind of also a way of like narrating what was happening. But here's the words of the song. Sto- here's the words of the song. <laughs> stinky piss. <laughs> what are we feeding you? And then I would then like when we were done, like I would like show her the poop on the wipe, and we'd be like, ah, you know, and she would laugh because I was like pretending like it was just like so so stinky. But now I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, and like. <laughs> Maybe we can start shifting this, right? Like yeah. there's maybe there's another song that we can come up with that has to do with like, um, you know, she, her listening to her. I got I got to I got to play around with it, but like listening yeah. to her body or like, look what you did, like you yeah. know, um, I don't know. Yeah, that makes so much sense, and I love the idea also of kind of beginning to like demystify this through play a little bit mm-hmm. um it's just you know as a as a therapist I think it's so cool when we can integrate some of these lessons or some of these situations through play because a kid's world like they make sense of the world through play and so yep. just kind of show, showing that like everybody poos and there's no shame in it and and that, I love those ideas okay I'm yeah. gonna start I'm gonna start I'm going to start integrating this. This is so helpful. Good. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of um, – so okay, we've kind of talked about the signs. I also think that kind of what we're talking about here is a little bit in supporting addressing some of the overwhelm of it by like having, you know, having them watch you, doing it through play. Are there other things that we can be doing to support – you know, some of the anxiety or the overwhelm or some of the fear that can come with with potty training and from the kid's perspective. Yeah, sure. I was going to say from the kid's perspective or the adult's perspective. <laughs> oh, that's, that's both. Maybe it's about both because to be honest, like I am scared. Like I'm not, I don't know if I'm scared. I've done this before. I know we'll get through it, but like Diapers are so freaking easy, Allison. So like, convenient, yep. So I guess not easy, but yes, convenience the word. Like if we're like, I just, I have memories of like being like driving or potty training and all of a sudden, like, you know, I tried to ask my kid before we left, you need to go. And they didn't. And then then we're in the car and all of a sudden it's like, I have to go, I have to go. And just like having to pull over really quickly and like the accidents and just like having to find a bathroom and oh my gosh, all the laundry. Yes, I know. So, like, I have my own stuff, too, around it. Sure. (laughs) Most parents do. Um, Yeah, but so for your child, I like to stress the importance of preparing them for potty training before you actually start the process. So a lot of, you know, doing a lot of, like, little fun kind of positive potty-related activities with them in a very low pressure, stress-free type setting without putting any, you know, pressure for them to perform or change anything themselves at first can go a really long way. Um, So they're starting to get some exposure to the potty and what it is and what it's used for and what all of that means, um, you know, without them having to do it themselves at first. And doing that for at least a couple weeks before you're actually ready to kind of toss in the diapers can be a really powerful way to prevent those anxieties, those power struggles, um, you know, the, the struggles that a lot of parents and children may experience during the actual potty training process. 
And I find that kids do really well when they have some advanced notice that change is coming Um, because, you know, I I kind of liken it to when you're about to leave the playground and your child's going down the slide and they're having the time of their lives and, you know, you realize it's time to go and you try to round them up real quick and say, come on, we got to go, we got to go right now. And it's going to be, you know, tantrum central, right? Like they're not going to want to do it. But if you say, okay, we're about to leave in a couple minutes, why don't you choose two or three things more to do? And then we're going to have to leave. And then they have a preparation that, okay, we're getting ready to leave soon. And it usually, I'm not saying always, but it usually results in less, um, you know, resistant behavior. So the same kind of thing applies with saying goodbye to their diapers. And for a lot of kids, diapers are a very close and, you know, kind of sacred thing to them. It's something that they wear every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, It brings them comfort in a lot of ways. It's all that they're used to up until this point. So giving them some advance notice a couple days in advance before you're ready to actually get them using the potty instead. If you start you know, giving them a heads up that that's about to change or, you know, in two more days, you're going to start using the potty um, and we're going to say goodbye to your diapers one more day until we say goodbye to your diapers. It, um, it gives them that time to kind of mentally prepare a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think it also helps them realize that the change is a more permanent one too. Um, Because Mm -hmm. sometimes when we start potty training and we just have a random weekend off and we're going to be like, okay, you know what? I didn't have to end up working this weekend. So let's try to potty train. And you put the diapers away and you tell your child, okay, here, you're going to be using the potty today. And automatically they're going to be like, whoa, what? Like why? (laughs) My diapers were perfectly fine. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that resistance will have begun before they even use the potty for the first time. So taking some time to make sure you're in a good space, to make sure the timing is a good fit, to make sure your child feels prepared and introduced to the potty first um, can really make the process go a lot more smooth once you actually start. And I think it also probably helps parents um, commit to it a little bit more too. I think it keeps them a little bit more accountable, like, nope, we've designated this time. This is it. This Mm -hmm. is what we're going to do. So Totally, because you've put in that sort of prep work to exactly. kind of to kind of get there. Yep, that also makes so much logical <laughs> sense. But like, I also just want to like have you know, I mean, understanding for like, you know, it's like I know that my kids really like being prepared is really important, right? Like, it yes. really helps like meltdowns and transitions, and yet. Plenty of times do I on the playground, all of a sudden I look at the, I've been like on my phone distracted, all of a sudden I look, or I've been playing distracted, either one, and I, um, you know, look at my phone and I see what time it is. I'm like, oh, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And like, then it's like frustrating that they're like all melting down about it. Um, And that happens, you know, but I think with something like this, um, there's a a lot of opportunity here for us to be preparing for when this is going to happen, right? In terms of the, like you said, the timing works out for our family. Our our child is ready. We're ready. Um, And putting in that sort of prep work. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then what would you say about the sort of like mindset shifts that maybe for parents, right? Because 
like I am like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm there yet. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to give up diapers. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a very valid concern, you know, because like you said, diapers are convenient and they're easy and easier, I should say at first, yeah. at least. And yeah. it's, um, you know, it definitely does take a shift in mindset because I feel like parents, um, you know, especially because life today is like so busy, like we're all working, we've all got our own things going on. And um, potty training is like something else we have to deal with. Like, that's kind of what it seems like, you know. And um, I like parents to think, to try to, it doesn't always work, but like to try to shift their mindset in to think of potty training as being a really good opportunity to actually to bond with your child and to like reconnect with them over a few days. It gives you the opportunity or even kind of forces you to like slow down for a few days, be home, be connected, be, you know, put your phone away, like really be with them one-on-one doing some activities that they enjoy watching them like master this new lifelong skill that they're going to have and like helping them through that and celebrating the successes with them and, you know, helping them learn from the accidents. And it can actually be a really great positive experience. Mm -hmm. And I think if you take some time to think about it from, from that approach, I mean, and I've done this so many times that I've, I've seen the struggles, but a lot of times the successes and the wins outweigh end up outweighing all the struggles that you have because it's just such a rewarding thing to witness. And um, I think if parents are able to think of it more in that regard, and then they are able to take some time to prepare themselves before starting that it can help the pot, it can help the process be just better, you know, just a better, more, I'm not saying it's going to be fun, but you know, it can be, it doesn't have to be like the worst thing you've ever done in your life. You know, um, it, it probably will be a little bit challenging and it's gonna, it's gonna test your emotions and things like that throughout the day as you're doing all these different things. But, you know, once you see how proud your child is of themselves, Mm. like when they start doing this, it's like, like you've done it two times before, like it's the coolest thing, you know what I mean? Like um, it's kind of what keeps me going in doing this is just helping them learn this thing and see how proud they can be. And it's like one of those first steps to being an independent little human. So it's actually pretty cool. It's a really, I really appreciate this sort of perspective of like, this is an opportunity to like slow down and take things off your schedule and focus on you and your kid. It almost kind of reminds me of some of the feelings that sometimes I kind of, I do, I miss a little bit of like, I mean, COVID and the pandemic and quarantine and like how long everything, like a lot and traumatizing in so many ways, right? But the first, like when we thought it was just going to be like a week or two at home here in San Diego to like slow the curve in the very beginning, there was this, there was this sort of like initial kind of like, oh, like, I mean, there there was definitely anxiety about the pandemic, but like in this case, you don't need to worry. Like that's not what we're, we're worrying about, but there was sort of this, like the elements of just taking things off your schedule and just being home. And almost like it's almost like you're quarantined a little bit, yeah. but without being sick and without the anxiety of a virus. But like you 
are slowing down, taking things off the calendar. And sometimes that's a really nice thing to do, especially, you know, when you kind of have this sort of like purpose. Um, exactly, yeah. Cool. I hadn't really even thought about that but in that way, and I, I can really appreciate that. Okay. So we've talked about a couple things here. I'd love to just kind of hear from you. What are some of just those tips for those first few days? Like I know that this – like you've got a ton of resources. Like there's there's lots of steps that you can take to make this a positive experience and connected experience. Yes. But what are just a couple of tips for just those first few days that you could offer? Yeah, sure. Um, so definitely want to spend, you know, at least the first day of the process at home, if possible. Um, you know, there's a lot of different methods and approaches out there as far as like how much time you should spend at home. But I'm a big believer in, you know, Potty training is going to have to be one of those things that fits into your lifestyle. You shouldn't have to rearrange your lifestyle to accommodate potty training. Um, So plan on having one day at home, at least with your child, where you can just kind of hang out, um, have some fun activities planned throughout the day. Nothing like super stimulating or crazy, but, you know, things your child enjoys like new art kits or baking cookies together or some sensory bins, you know, something some different things throughout the day so that you're not just sitting around staring at them, like waiting for them to have an accident. <laughs> and I find that that helps the, that helps the bonding experience. And then it also kind of keeps everybody's morale up. I think um, if you look at it that way, like your child shouldn't necessarily sense the, sense the stress or the pressure of the potty training aspect. Like that should be in the forefront of your mind, but for them, it should feel more like they're getting to spend, spend time with mom and dad and have like a really great day. So, um, you know, I usually say if you're working it, like if you're working hard to make them happy and do things that they enjoy, then they're more likely to reciprocate and, and work a little harder to make you happy by using the potty correctly. So it tends to be like a win-win situation. Um, so definitely want to have some fun activities lined up so you don't just feel like a prisoner in your own home, basically <laughs> doing these things. And, um, I do recommend having about a day to a day and a half of your child just being um, bottomless with no underwear, no pants, nothing on their bottoms. Um, If they want to go totally naked, I'm all for that too. Uh, But it's a really great, um, especially if you're trying to kind of uh, group all of the like lay the groundwork in a few day time frame, which is what most busy families tend to do nowadays. And it just gives a really good, in a good way, like a shock factor for them to realize that, okay, diapers are gone. Without diapers, my pee and poop is not contained, you know, so when it comes out, it just comes out and I have to do something now to contain it. Mm -hmm. So if they are walking around bottomless, uh, it's also beneficial for you to be able to see when they are... um, when they first start to have an accident so that you can potentially catch some of that pure poop in the potty, like have a little small potty within arm's reach at all the time. So you can just kind of bring the potty over, catch some of that pure poop in the potty and turn the accident into a success. And then that helps with, you know, helps them to connect those dots a little bit faster. Um, And as far as there's kind of a myth out there, or I guess it's a myth, but 
I don't know. There's there are different methods that say, you know, take your child to sit on the potty every 20 minutes or take them to sit on the potty every 30 minutes um, is a great way to get pee in the potty. Um, but it's it's actually kind of detrimental to helping children learn how to self-initiate. So yeah. what can end up happening is there are kids that need to pee every 30 minutes, but there are other kids that only need to pee every three hours. And if you're taking them every 30 minutes, but they only have to go every three hours, their bladder's never going to get a chance to be full. And it's never going to send a signal to the brain saying, hey, I need to go to the bathroom. Um, So that can really delay that self-initiation and that learning. So we definitely want to try to avoid that, even though it may result in some more accidents in the beginning. Um, but try to let your child listen to their body on their own. You may be really pleasantly surprised that they recognize that right away. Um, they may not recognize what to do, but you can help them with that. So when you see them kind of getting those wiggles or crossing their legs or whatever cue they give when they need to go, you can help them by saying, oh, I see your body's telling you that it needs to go potty. Come on, let's go sit and try. And, um, and then that's a really great way to learn their schedule and to help set them up for success at the appropriate times. Yeah. And do you recommend um, like a little kitty potty? Do you recommend regular potty with like a kid seat on top where they can also have a place to put their feet? What's your kind of go-to? So I like to start out with a combination of both whenever possible because you can take advantage of the benefits of both because they each have their own kind of pros to them. So the small floor potties are great because, uh, first of all, they're small, which is awesome because they tend to be less intimidating than the regular toilet, especially if you have a younger, more petite potty learner on your hands. Uh, It gives your child a little bit more independence because they can just walk over and use the potty themselves without needing your help. Um, and it's portable, right? So you can like keep it right wherever you happen to be all the time. So you never have to, like, you don't have to hunker down, like right near the bathroom for that first day. And, um, you can take it with you too, when you go places, which helps maintain that consistency between home and, and outside environments. Um, the insert too, for the regular toilet, the little seat reducer that fits on Mm -hmm. top of the regular toilet is also great because, they're not going to have small floor potties everywhere you go for the rest of your child's life. <laughs> Eventually, they are going to need to know how to use a toilet, especially if they go to, you know, preschool or something like that. And uh, and it's a really good to introduce that from the beginning so they have at least some exposure to it, even if they don't use it at first is okay. But just getting them comfortable with being around it, sitting on it is going to be helpful to, um, to ease that transition when it comes time to say goodbye to the floor potty and put that away. So... I like to start out with a combination of both, but ultimately it's personal preference. And um, as long as your child's using the potty, I'm happy. So, (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. As you were talking, another early childhood memory popped up for me. I actually remember sitting on one of the the little portable potties in front of the TV watching Raffi. So I think that my parents were Raffi. (laughs) I think my parents just like sat me there like without a – a diaper on without pants on and they were just mm-hmm. like hey put a show on like at some point she'll it'll tinkle out and she'll go <laughs> oh my gosh but now you know now now we know we know better we know more you know and and so we can do it differently <laughs> um but that's that's so funny 
gosh, I yeah. have these little yeah, core memories around potty training. That's that so really funny, right? <laughs> it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So this was so helpful. And obviously there's so much more and so much more guidance that we can have around this. And I know that you have some amazing resources for that. So where can people find you? What offerings and resources do you have for folks um, around potty training? Yeah, sure. So um, for those of you who are just getting started with your potty training journey, um, I have a couple of really great online course options. So um, I have uh, both a self-guided course, and then I also offer one that has some expert support. If you wanted, you know, if you felt like you needed a little um, extra help along the way, then you could opt for that one too. And then I have um, also one-on-one consulting services for people who maybe have more complex issues or who are looking for more of a customized approach um, to their potty training or have a unique experience of some sort, then uh, you can reach out to me on my website for both of those options, which is pottytrainingconsultant.com. And you can shoot me an email at info at pottytrainingconsultant.com also. I also have a lot of free resources on Instagram. Um, So, you know, if you need, if you're just looking like for a couple free tips on a specific topic, then Instagram is the place to go. You can check out my little highlight bubbles over there and um, should be able to find something of interest. Amazing. I'm going to share links to all of this in the show notes. Allison, it was so wonderful to connect with you and to get some of my questions answered. (laughs) I so appreciate your time and I hope that folks who are tuning in will go and check check out all of your resources because there's so much in there. Your Instagram account just on its own, like standalone, is is so is so supportive and so many helpful tips in there so i hope that the listener will go check it out again thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me i hope you enjoyed that episode if you did you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when future episodes air and go and explore some of those past episodes maybe there's a topic in there that you've really been wanting to learn more about You can learn more about my private practice as well as my parenting courses and workshops at the link in the show notes. You held space for yourself today. You carved out the time and you tuned into this episode. I hope you take a moment to honor how meaningful that is. Yes, to me for sure, but also for you. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.